Advent on Air, the science of type 2 inflammation on the go. Welcome to Advent on Air, a podcast featuring conversations between leading experts on the science of type 2 inflammation. Today's episode features a conversation between esteemed dermatologist Dr. Lisa Swanson and renowned allergist Dr. Whaley Song, who will provide a clinical perspective on the care of pediatric patients with atopic dermatitis, or AD. The speakers are being compensated by Sanofi and Regeneron in connection with this program. Hi, everybody. I'm Lisa Swanson. I'm a dermatologist and pediatric dermatologist in Boise, Idaho. I work in private practice at Ada West Dermatology, and I'm also affiliated with St. Luke's Children's Hospital. Hi, I'm Whaley Song. Um, I'm an allergist and immunologist. I'm in private practice with Allerv Health. Uh, my current position here is I'm Chief Research Innovation Officer, and I'm based in Birmingham, Alabama. Welcome, everybody. And so we'll get this ball rolling right off the top. Um, Dr. Song, several unmet needs remain for patients with pediatric atopic dermatitis. We've made a lot of strides, but we still have some unmet needs. What are some of the gaps in our knowledge or in our clinical practice? So atopic dermatitis is a heterogeneous disease, and so every patient is different, um, different in the way they look, what's causing their atopic dermatitis. And so the current diagnostic criteria may not always reflect the clinical scenario, um, especially surrounding diagnosis in atypical cases. There's a study um, that is a survey of 37 clinicians, and it revealed a gap surrounding accurate diagnostic criteria that match these clinical responses. So for example, atopic dermatitis does not necessarily have to be in early in age. I think often, uh, especially in adults with atopic dermatitis, clinicians may ask like, hey, you must have had atopic dermatitis when you were a kid, and that's not often the case. They may be not in classic places on the skin. There may be atopic dermatitis that are more itch predominant than lesion predominant. Uh, definitely in skin of color, your atopic dermatitis could present atypically, and especially when you're dealing with papulations because uh, papular lesions can be in all different types of diseases. Um, so what do you think, Dr. Swanson? The question I get very commonly, especially if I'm not sure if a rash in a kiddo is eczema or psoriasis, people will ask me, oh, well, is there a blood test or something to figure it out? And the answer so far has been no. It, both um, eczema and psoriasis are clinical diagnoses. We look at a rash, we get the history, we say, okay, seems like eczema or seems like psoriasis. But the future of the evaluation and treatment of these inflammatory skin conditions is going to be so cool. I also think that there are some unmet needs in terms of how we really can educate our caregivers and families of patients with atopic dermatitis. There is so much misinformation out there about AD. And by the time the patient's parent comes to their first appointment with me, they have already read all of this stuff. Some of it true, some of it not true, some of it overblown. And I feel like sometimes I spend a lot of my days kind of sorting out fact from fiction for these families. And so I think it'd be great if we could do a better job kind of broadly educating 
families of atopic dermatitis sufferers. Maybe we all need to get on TikTok and start doing TikTok videos about atopic dermatitis and the burden that it is and, and, and all of that kind of stuff. Because just to spread the word, because there's so much misinformation out there, we want to be out there telling people what, what the truth is about atopic dermatitis and what, what the facts are and what we know and what we don't know and all of that kind of stuff, rather than them getting their information from some uh, somewhat unreliable sources. So I think those have been the two kind of unmet needs, good education for our caregivers and their families, and then um, diagnostic tools that will help us not only diagnose, but also make treatment decisions, which will be pretty cool. And then, you know, as in terms of education, of course, we want to educate our families. I think it'd also be good to educate pediatricians, primary care providers, people on the front lines, the first provider that families go to when they're considering management strategies and diagnosis of eczema, helping them to know more about this chronic skin condition is going to help more patients if that front line is strong and is able to handle a lot of these atopic dermatitis patients that come their way. Um, so I certainly try as a dermatologist, I give a lot of primary care talks and, and focus a lot on atopic dermatitis just again to kind of get the word out and, and, and tell everybody about AD, the truth about AD, you know. So I think those have been kind of the missing pieces so far. I was just saying, um, one of the un other unmet needs that I've seen is also just the lack of access to specialists in some areas of the country and also the world. I mean, uh, not everyone has a pediatric dermatologist in Alabama and is also in Idaho. We do worry about our more rural population, that there is not a dermatologist or an allergist for hundreds of miles. One of the things that we have noticed that could help break this gap and this unmet need is the use of telemedicine. You know, cameras have gotten to be so good that we can actually see the lesions and we can uh, easily assess patients from um, all over the country, you know, and all over the world. And sometimes it's nice with telehealth appointments because the patients are at their house. And so they have access to go find any tubes of anything that they've been using. So frequently in the clinic, they come in and I'm like, what have you tried? And they're like, oh, well, we use this thing and it was in a tube and it had blue writing on it. And I'm like, that could be like a billion things. And so with telehealth, they can just run upstairs to the bathroom and find that too. Oh, there's also one more other gap on the primary care level and with even allergists and dermatologists, uh, the kind of the way that we were trained uh, on atopic dermatitis. I've seen some gaps in like practical treatment of atopic dermatitis. Like, for example, should you bathe or not bathe? Meanwhile, we now know bathing is very good. Uh, meanwhile, some caregivers try to avoid bathing. And so there's just these practical gaps in the first steps of treating atopic dermatitis. Now, Dr. Song, to switch gears a little bit, let's talk a little bit about comorbidities of atopic dermatitis. In the care of, of kids with AD, it's important to address coexisting diseases as well. What should care providers keep in mind? Yes, as we've mentioned before um, in the previous podcast, atopic dermatitis is a risk factor for developing other atopic diseases. 
I say to my patients, every part of the body that gets in contact with the air can probably be allergic. And so that's where you see atopic dermatitis associated with allergic rhinitis, nasal polyps. A lot of people don't realize that their allergic rhinitis might be the primary cause of their recurrent sinus infections. So we see a lot of patients with chronic sinusitis. Um, they also could develop asthma, especially allergic asthma. They could be developing food allergies and or allergies of the gut, such as food anaphylaxis. Other allergies could be eosinophilic esophagitis. We know that um, atopic dermatitis increases the risk for all of these conditions. And these conditions also increase the risk for developing atopic dermatitis, so it can go the other way. We know that having moderate to severe atopic dermatitis under age one increases your risk factor for developing uh, peanut anaphylaxis. It's also very important for allergists to intervene and try to assess uh, whether your child is at risk for peanut anaphylaxis. Do you have any other comments about this? Yeah, a couple things to add. You know, I saw the evolution during my residency and early career where we learned that psoriasis is not only a skin disease, it's a part of a systemic inflammatory process. And that put the disease entity into a whole new category. We thought about it so much more differently. And we're right now kind of realizing the same thing about atopic dermatitis. This is not just affecting the skin. This has consequences on other uh, body systems. And so we need a multidisciplinary approach in order to tackle all of those potential manifestations, comorbidities, treat the whole person, the whole body, the whole system, because it's not just a skin thing. Um, it can have all of these other impacts. And so we need to work together as a team. I'm a big fan of uh, the show Parks and Recreation, and Leslie Nope commonly says, no one accomplishes anything alone. And I think that's very true. We need to work as a team to help these patients um, live better, feel better, do better with respect to their skin disease and all of the other stuff, which you know actually leads us nicely to our next point of discussion, which is the role of pediatricians and primary care providers in patient care. Dr. Song, what do you think are the core responsibilities of pediatricians and PCPs in atopic dermatitis patient care? Primary care providers and pediatricians are, are going to be the first people uh, that the caregivers will be talking to about their child's atopic dermatitis. Up to 30% of pediatric primary care visits include a skin-related problem. I tell pediatricians and the allergists, you just got to get used to looking at skin conditions because you will be the first point of contact uh, for patients with any type of skin conditions. Pediatricians and primary caregivers should really get used to learning how to treat uh, new onset atopic dermatitis. So about 50% of patients with atopic dermatitis are treated in the primary care setting. I do recommend that you should start thinking about referrals to a specialist, an allergist or a dermatologist or both, uh, when it becomes much more of a moderate to severe atopic dermatitis, when you are having to deal with multiple flares and exacerbations, when you're starting to see a lot more comorbidities like um, allergic rhinitis and asthma, 
or when you're having trouble trying to figure out, could this be psoriasis, uh, seborrheic dermatitis, contact dermatitis? If your atopic dermatitis patient is starting to become uh, really difficult to treat, then I definitely recommend seeing a specialist. So what do, what do you see, Dr. Swanson? Yeah, I think the most important thing when thinking about pediatricians and PCPs kind of on the front line of the atopic dermatitis struggle battle is that I think it's so important to not minimize atopic dermatitis. And so when I talk to pediatricians and PCPs, I really harp on the significance of disease, the um, comorbidities, the side effects of not treating and controlling atopic dermatitis, which are really quite significant. And hopefully when I'm speaking with them, I kind of empower them to learn more and know more and feel more confident in treating it. But it's so highly variable how much exposure to dermatology and allergy a lot of primary care providers got during their trainings. But I think anytime you're a primary care doctor and something is just a little bit too much or you're out of your comfort zone or maybe you tried a couple things and they didn't work, please send them our way. That's what we're here for. Um, That's what we're here for. The atopic dermatitis is our bread and butter. 25% of my day is spent talking about atopic dermatitis in the clinic. So if you're not comfortable, send them to us. We will help. And then also the guidelines have gotten to be so straightforward now. Um, It's now in a nice step and it's very easy to use and to learn. There's so many great resources now on the internet and learning experiences on atopic dermatitis that primary care providers can turn to and really learn about the most up-to-date treatments in atopic dermatitis. So uh, Dr. Swanson, uh, caregivers have a critical role in managing pediatric atopic dermatitis. How would you describe the role of caregivers in pediatric atopic derm? So I think the biggest thing, and parents know this, but they are their child's protector. They are their child's representative. They are going to be the one that needs to stand up and ask for help, ask for help from your pediatrician. And if you're not getting the help you need, if your child's still struggling, ask for a referral. From a physician perspective, I think uh, a physician should just actually really encourage the caregiver, acknowledge how good of a caregiver they are, how, how, how hard they've been trying and praise them for all the time and the effort uh, to try to help their child. So please don't make a a caregiver feel guilty for not trying hard. Don't let a caregiver beat themselves up uh, for not finding the cause. Try to explain why atopic dermatitis is an inflammatory systemic disease. And then also uh, acknowledge the other comorbidities that you might see. And again, we, I can't stress enough, you shepherd them through the journey. Um, there's, it's a long journey and it's a hard journey. And if you can shepherd them through that journey, that would be so helpful. Well, and a little empathy goes a long way, letting them know that you understand how horrible this is because, you know, a lot of times they will complain about what they're going through and people minimize it. They say, oh, it's just a rash, all this kind of stuff. Empathize that you understand this is a big deal and you understand that the whole family is suffering and struggling and you are going to help fix it. You are going to help make their kiddo feel better and live better and um, be the best them they can be. 
And so hopefully our conversation today helps uh, caregivers, helps uh, providers, helps pediatricians, PCPs, dermatologists, allergists um, to go out there, talk to their patients about atopic dermatitis, understand the significance of the inflammatory process and all the comorbidities that go along with it, uh, and help our patients to be their best selves. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you to our esteemed guests, Lisa Swanson and Whaley Song, for your valuable perspectives on unmet needs, addressing coexisting diseases, and the role of the interdisciplinary team and caregivers in the management of AD in pediatric patients. Thank you for listening to Advent on Air, providing the science of type 2 inflammation on the go. If you learned something from this, Leave a review and subscribe to Advent on Air to hear new episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and AdventProgram.com. Mm-hmm.